Good morning out there in Radio Land. This is July 12th, 2023. Here on Mornings with Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. What a day. What a day. What a glorious day it is to be alive in the kingdom of God. This is going to be a beautiful day in the neighborhood, as they used to say. I don't have a sweater I don't have a sweater vest to take off, but it's um it's going to be a beautiful day. And um, man, I'm just so excited for what God has in store, excited for Bible study tonight. We didn't have it last week because of shutdown, but we got it tonight and we're excited for that. So if you have no home church and you have no place to go tonight, or maybe you have a home church, but you don't have Wednesday night Bible study, you're always welcome to come out to Bethel Fellowship at 6.30 p.m. here on campus. We have youth starting at 5 o'clock. They come over and they hang out and play games and and they eat around 6 o'clock, and then after that they get into their teaching and fellowship time there, and um, all teenagers are welcome there. Hopefully we got some stuff brewing on the children's side of it too, praying God works all that out, but come on out and be with us. There's going to um, just a great time in the Word, great time fellowshipping and spend time together. So that's here at Bethel Fellowship every Wednesday night. We want to welcome you guys out, but if you have a home church, we strongly encourage you do not skip on the midweek service. Um, so often we just hit the Sunday morning service, but the midweek services are amazing at our churches, and it's being we're being fed and edified and built up, and it's very important to be a part of the local body, and as believers, as we are ministering and leading and doing all those incredible things for the kingdom of God, it is very, very important to be a part of it and get trained and get equipped and learn the word. And so that's one of the beautiful things about midweek Bible studies, being able to do that. So good stuff. Come on out wherever you're at. If you come out here, if you have no other place to go, or um, if you have a home church, make sure you're attending there. We have also this Sunday night, Bishop Lance Johnson will be at Madrid Pentecostal right down the road on 401. I think that is starting at 6 o'clock. Am I correct on that, Hannah? I think so. I think it is. I think mm-hmm. it. All right. Starts at 6 o'clock. Last time it was overflowing, so you need to make sure that you are there a little bit early. I think they moved it earlier, because I think last time it started at 7. Yeah, um, so they moved it at 6 this time, and um, it's going to be a great night. You do not want to miss what God has in store. And then I do believe that Brother Lance will be on the radio with us next Monday some as well. And So excited for that. Um, so again, that's this weekend. We have, uh, let's see here, what is some VBSs coming up, Hannah? I know we got some more. Um, um, I know on our events page we have the Clarkson Community mm-hmm. uh, VBS. That will be Wednesday, July 19th, starting at 6 p.m. through July the 22nd. You got a kid, bring him out to that. And then man up at the lake, July 27th, coming right upon us. Men, gather together. Get your sons ready for this one. Bring them on out. We are excited for what God has in store for that night. So, again, that's July 27th. Um, We'll have more details to come, but get that on your calendar. It's going to be an amazing night for the men. And this one, we're going to encourage you to bring your sons, hang out. We'll have some worship. Um, The service part won't be as long as it usually is because it's going to be outside around the campfire, literally or the bonfire, as long as they don't dry out and we get a burn ban before then. You never know this time of the year. It can dry out quickly. Lord willing. <laughs> Lord willing. That's what we're doing, Lord willing. Um, but it is going to be a great night. So July 27th, make plans for that. And then, of course, our VBS coming up here, Bethel Fellowship. Um, we are very much excited anticipating 
that those three nights, August 3rd, 4th, and 5th, the nights start at 6 o'clock, 6.30. Help me out here, Hannah. Which Yeah, so the Bethel VBS will be Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, which is the 3rd through the 5th of August. And then the first two nights, um, Thursday and Friday, it will start at 6. It'll be from 6 to 8. And then um, on that Saturday, it'll start at 10 a.m. Yep. To, and it'll be a longer day that it'll be 10 to 4. That's going to be a good day. Going to be a good week. We're excited. Bring out the kiddos. All the kiddos are welcome. And um, we're going to be very excited for that. For those three days, two nights, one day, and that one day we're going to try to get together all the stuff we can. It's going to be an amazing thing. Anybody wants to come out and join out? It's going to be like a commencement, picnic, church. Um, Family day. Whatever it looks like. It's going to be awesome. All right. <laughs> I'm just along for the ride. I'm not running this one. So I'm just along for the ride. Um, on the notes, it says water boy. I'm the water boy. <laughs> Basically meaning I'm not giving you water. I'm going to play in the water on Saturday. That's all I'm doing. That's the only reason I'm even a part of VBS is so I can play in the water on Saturday. Um, so they call me the water boy, and I'm okay with that. And then we have the Harvest Crusade coming up to, uh, September 10th, 11th, and 12th. That's going to be most likely um, what... Brother Lanson, we talk about on Monday morning is that Harvest Crusade being hosted here at Bethel Fellowship, which is, it's going to be an amazing night. You so. don't want to miss it. No, you don't it's, it. it's going to be great. And make sure, um, I know it's a little while out, that's our, you know, farthest event away, but um, to invite people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we'll talk more about that on Monday, but yep. uh, just to be getting the word out there about the this conference, because it's going to be, it's going to be great. And expect God to move. And if you you have somebody that you you know that needs God to move in their life, that needs something from the Lord, that needs uh, just anything, I just would encourage you to invite them and bring them out with you. Mm-hmm. Amen. All righty. Well, I think that cuts it for announcements. Is that correct, Miss Hannah? I think so. I think that's about everything we need to cover this morning. Um, let me double check here. Uh, hold on, Joey wants me to, he's been, he mentioned uh, the other day about um, the homecoming at Mount Zion, going to be the Sunday after VBS, he's going to be ministering there August the 6th, I think is what it, the date will be over at Mount Zion, that homecoming for them, and then um, <clears throat> I think that covers it this morning, and so it's a good day to be alive, we have had a lot of um, we had shut down last week and that was a good time, but it's really been really good to get back in the studio and be with you guys. Um, we do miss it when we're out that week, but it is, um, it was, it's good to be back and we're going to get back in the groove. If you guys have any Bible questions or you have interaction or you have anything you would really want us to talk about, uh, maybe you're studying something, maybe you've been thinking about something, maybe there's a topic you've always wanted to hear more on. Um, we will be glad to cover that for you, but we you, we need you to contact us and let you let us know. So you can call the station 270-257-2689, or you can text me at 270-230-6337. And of course, throughout the broadcast, if you want to engage or interact whatsoever, you are more welcome to text me. And again, that's 270-230-6337. And we, we, we love the engagement. We love the the support. We love the dad jokes. We love whatever it is. Um, and we want this to be a big family spending two hours together every single weekday morning so that we can grow in the word, love people more, love Jesus more, and really make an influence in the earth and see the glory of God cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. 
So, again, 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time every single weekday we're here with you guys, and we take it with a great of, with a lot of honor, um, gratitude, and humbleness that we get your ear two hours every single weekday. And um, But we want to also make sure that we're talking about things and covering things that you guys are interested in and that are pertaining to you guys. And so um, please help us out there. Anything you want us to talk about, questions, whatever, <coughs> um, we are more than happy to cover that and to help you out. We're not, we don't know everything, but we know one who knows everything. And we Amen. Uh, he'll, he'll guide us. Uh, and so, but we do. We love it. We love answering your Bible questions, and we love discussing things that are important to you in your life and where you guys are at at this moment because we're there usually too like it's these, these conversations help all of us yeah and um it's just it's it's awesome whenever i first got born again 13 18 19 years ago or whatever it is um i got slung into ministry really quickly and um i didn't know like broadcasts like this existed where we just talked about the bible and i could ask questions and all this and so now that i know it does and i help some i help kind of do it um, I understand the importance of it. And so we're just very happy that we get to be here with you guys. And But we need your Bible questions. We need your engagement. We need topics. Um, probably, hopefully, maybe next week or the week after. Um, I've had several talk about talking about how the Bible got into English and kind of the how it came about. And um, even this morning, we was having more conversations about Translation. translations and all that. So... I think eventually next week, hopefully one of the days, I'm not for sure which one, we may dialogue more. I know next Wednesday and this Wednesday, Jacob Swift's usually with us on Wednesdays, and he's not going to be able to be with us today or next week. So maybe next Wednesday would be a good morning to kind of teach that and go through it a little bit and discuss a little bit about the different translations. Because I think that's one thing that um, has caused some confusion. And there was one book um, a few years ago released by a woman named Gail Ripplinger and talking about some some issues with um she was King James only so she believed you should only use King James only and I know we have listeners like that and 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 again that's that's fine if if that's your that's your preference that's that's okay but I, I want to say some of the stuff that she said in her book was not um it's been debated it's been disproved and some of the stats she was saying about some of these other translations just it wasn't really a fully accurate statement. Um, she did one debate with, I think it was Dr. Brown, maybe. I have to go back and look at that. But it was, it didn't go well. And um, and so, and I, and so I think we should just make sure that we have the right thinking and the right stats and the right factual statements about other translations. I mean, there's some translations that I have been very clear and um, honest with you guys not telling you not to read them. That's going to be your preference. I'm not telling you what translation you must do or not, must not do. But there's a couple that I would never personally use, and I have been honest about that concerning, like, the Passion Translation. I would probably never use the Passion Translation. Um, I don't I don't use the NIV very often. Um, probably, I know we've joked around and call it the nearly inspired version and all that kind of stuff, but... Uh, I'm, I'm not going to go that far with it. I do think there is a lot of issues with it. And if you get into the TNIV that had a lot of revisions immediately, I feel like one of the things it did the most, and um, what I heard from a lot of other um, people who was a lot smarter than me, um, they said one of the biggest things it did was it took away manhood and womanhood and it always just created they. 
So one of the beautiful things about how God set up humanity is that men have things that men should do and women have things that women should do. That does not mean that each other's better. That means we complement each other. That's why we are helpmates. If guys could do everything they needed to do, then did the Lord really need to make Eve? Because Adam needed a helpmate because there was things that Adam probably wouldn't be able to do well. And Adam, Eve and Adam, they completed each other not to compete with each other. Now, the enemy wants us competing. And he wants us thriving always to to steal biblical roles and biblical manhood and biblical womanhood. And, you know, one of the statements the enemy gets in us all the time is um, men saying, well, I don't need a woman. Or a woman saying, well, I don't need a man. I'm fine without him. Well, that's not, I don't think, how God created us. Like, he created the opposite sex or the opposite gender, and there's only two, um, to actually complete each other and to complement each other and to be um, helpmates and to become one so that we are coming in unity and walk, operating on a whole nother level. <clears throat> and so what the TNIV did was it took away he and she, and they always used they. And something, sometimes that's appropriate. Sometimes it's not appropriate. And so those are the things that I think might be next Wednesday. We'll just kind of cover more in depth and answer your questions on translations. Now, here's the one thing that I'm going to ask next Wednesday. If we do translations and we do the English Bible, is that there is no hostility. For some reason, this really gets people fired up. And um, and I think that I love to talk about things and engage in conversations over, over th- situations like translations and stuff. But I don't like it when people get upset and angry um, because, you know, it's 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 kind of become a very, I guess, controversial issue in some regards. But, um, you know, I just want everybody to know that Paul did not use the King James Bible. And I've actually heard preachers say that. Like, I've actually heard people say that. And, um, you know, we we I don't read Greek or Hebrew. I would love to. Like, I would love to read Greek or Hebrew. 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 I don't know what Hebrew is. <laughs> Hebrew. Um, but, you know, I, and I'm, I love the King James. I, my main Bible that I carry with me is the King James. The Bible I studied the most from is the ESV. Um, and, yes, I understand all these things. <clears throat> but um, we, we might do that next Wednesday. And just to – we'll try our hardest to I'm – no, I'm no historian and I'm no – um, I'm no um, professional, or what would be the word here? I'm no scholar by no means, but I have studied enough to probably get us through some conversation and give us a good oversight and everything like that. So, I'm sorry, Hannah. I, that went a lot longer than I thought. Just sit, she's just sitting there going. I think it was a good introduction to what we'll talk about next week because there is a lot that goes into it. Um. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even with, if we're going to get into the gender roles and all that, I mean, we also have to, you know, get into, there are, you know, what Paul says about, you know, like he was single. There is, there are people who are called the singlehood as well. Um, and it just, ta- there's a lot. I mean, yeah. there's a lot to just, we were talking about yesterday, looking at, you know, the whole theology of the whole Bible. Um, so it, it it's a lot. I mean, we could probably do a whole series on just Bible translations and the different like issues that are in the yeah. different translations. I think one of the biggest things for translation, again, we're not going to do it all today because I'm not ready for it. I need to refresh yeah, some dates we need and to stuff. Kind of prepare. I'm working completely off my head right now. Um, 
You know, one of the biggest issues is a lot of the newer translations have left out some verses. Now, some of them's left out a lot, and I don't agree with that. Um, and most of the new translations that will be missing one or something like that, um, like the ESV does leave out a few verses. It puts them in the footnotes down at the bottom, and you can read what it would be translated into. Um, and we'll talk about why they do that and um, whether that's right or wrong or whatever, why they do it. And, um, and there's, some, there, there's reasons why um, they, they would do it. And I can tell you with confidence, like everything, I've, I've looked into that with the ESV, and I can say I think all the verses that are put at the bottom because of earlier manuscripts or other things that may have not been there, um, it never changed the theology. Like it never, it never changed doctrine. It never did anything like that. And I think that's the important part. But again, I, I don't, I am not anti King James. I am not anti newer translations. I try to read them with all, um, <clears throat> as much as I can. I always, I, I read them and still, I want to try to go back to the Greek and Hebrew as much as I possibly can. Even though I don't know how to read it, I can at least study it interlinear and see what they're really saying because that's the truest way to understand scripture is original language. Um, and so I, I, that, and, and that takes a little bit more work, but I do think we start to get back because when Paul wrote this one verse there, he had one intention, like he had one purpose for writing it. There was only one purpose. Now how that applies could be different ways, but when Paul said, therefore is there, there, there is therefore now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Well, he had one thing he meant by that. Like he, it, oh, well, it means this, or it means that. No, it's it applies like this. There's that application in our life like this, but the principle is just one thing. And so, but um, I'm excited for it. I think we'll try to do that next Wednesday, which gives me plenty of time to look up to um, some things and refresh some things. And um, <clears throat> I'm going to sit back and let Hannah lead that whole day. And Lord. I'm just going to have everything ready in case she needs something. <laughs> you ready, Hannah? I'm going to have to do a lot of study. <laughs> <laughs> um. Um, Adam Burton said that there, and I agree with the statement, there's a huge difference between translation and paraphrase. And yes, there is translations, translations. There's even different kinds of translations. Mm -hmm. It's either word for word or thought for thought. Yes. Or thought for thought. And, um, thought for thought is a paraphrase. Um, and a word for word is a literal translation or a word for word translation. And so they're translating word to word. The most, now, most scholars, like people who's given their life to study original language and stuff, from what I can gather, I have looked deep into this, and we're we're not even to John, but we have all morning, just me and Hannah this morning. So uh, I don't even know if we got a guest this morning. So we got plenty of time to cover John. Um, most scholars will say the most word-for-word accurate translation of the Bible is the NASB. That is New American Standard Bible, and particularly the 1970s translation the problem is it is so accurate and it's translated so much word for word that it sometimes get clunky to read um and because it's just when you're going from greek to english and i'm going to say this and it's true statement english is not a very good language um if you look people if you if you have people who study logistics and um language and stuff like that they'll tell you like english language is not a great language like we could have 50 words that mean the same thing and it's really hard sometimes to figure out what word to use how to translate it in and if you ever watch if you ever watch somebody translate from english into another language there are some words they have to think about okay 
how's that happen? And then there's some words that like I use almost on a daily basis that when Alonzo or somebody's trying to translate it, they're like, we don't have a word for that word. Um, and so the English language is a little bit hard sometimes to translate to, and some of it gets clunky. And, um, and so this is really interesting. It, to me, it's really interesting and it helps us because, um, you know, it's, again, like, I think I've actually heard people make this, make this defense that the King James was the first English Bible. And again, it, it wasn't like it, there was, there was more before that was the, is the King James a good, good Bible? Yeah. It, without a doubt it really is. And again, I have no problem preaching from it. I have no problem using it to study. I have no problem with anything. I just think we have to be cautious on the idea of making that the only Bible that can be used. And, um, you know, it's just like, the, I love the ESV, but there's no way I'm going to make everybody read the ESV. You know, I, I like the ESV because I think it reads well. And I think it, it's very, it's a very good translation. Um, I know most of the guys that was on the transmission trans um, translation committee. I don't know them personally, but I've studied their work. I've heard them teach. I, I felt like I know their heart just through their teachings and through their books and stuff like that. And they, and I've heard them talk and give interviews about, translating the ESV, how, how the ESV even came about. And I felt like it was just a real big God thing. They had no, they wasn't trying to manipulate anybody. They wasn't trying to twist anybody's arm. Um, I was telling Hannon about Wayne Grudem yesterday, who's my favorite theologian of the modern day era. And he was one of the main person. He was one of the main people who translated the ESV study Bible. I mean the ESV Bible. And he was over, he was the general editor of the ESV study Bible and determined what went in and what didn't. And I know his heart. I've heard him teach, thousands of hours and he's just a man of God who loves the Lord and loves the word and when asked about the translation and asked about he was asked one time in an interview just recently maybe a year or two ago and he's getting he's getting up there in age you know what is what do you want people to remember you by and of course you know good husband all that but he broke into tears and he said I want to be remembered by somebody who loves the word and stay true to the word and taught the word and so I just don't feel like there was any manipulation. There was no thing. And then next Wednesday, we'll get into the West Cotton Horton translations and the manuscripts. And for instance, um, the Texas Receptus is not an original manuscript. Texas Receptus was a Greek manuscript that was created just right before the King James was actually translated from it. So there's so much things that we have been taught that's not necessarily true or been told that's not necessarily true. But again, I am not attacking the King James. I am not attacking the ESV. I'm not attacking the NSB. Now, if you ask me to attack the Passion Translation, I probably will. Um, and there's a reason that like Bible Gateway took it off their website. They, um, If you talk to scholars and you talk to people, they'll say it's not even a translation. Like It can't even be considered a paraphrase translation. For one, um, Dr. Simmons, one time in an interview... I believe he said something to the extent that he translated it from the Aramaic text. Well, there is no Aramaic text. Did Jesus make statements in Aramaic? Yes. For example, um, which is my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me in the Gospels? That's Aramaic. Well, that statement wasn't Aramaic, but actually the whole New Testament is wrote in Cornean Greek. So it's kind of like um, along those lines, we got big intro 
for next Wednesday. So <laughs> stay tuned next Wednesday. If you've got questions on translations, if you've got questions on why we use that or don't use that one or how it came about, um, you know, get us those questions before next Wednesday. And we'll spend most of the day talking about this next because this is a questions we get a lot. And we want to help and we want to uh, be able to answer any question pertaining to this whatsoever. Just I ask that you don't turn the dial because we're talking about this. And we I ask that nobody gets mad or starts yelling at me through text message because I've had that happen too when we talk about translations. And yes, I want to preserve scripture and I want to make sure truth is being taught. And I don't want any verse not to be in there. It's supposed to be in there, but also I don't want any verse that's in there. It's not supposed to be in there. Um, and so I want the most accurate translation that we can work in. And I believe God perseveres his Bible and his word. Mm. So, amen. Amen. Again, Hannah, just, I'm a nerding out right now. This is, I'm just dominating <laughs> no, the conversation. I, I do love it because I did, you know, in college study some, you know, I had always been taught one version. That's it. Don't stray. And there's just a lot of things that I want to say too, before we go to break that, you know, just because we learned something from, you know, our, you know, our parents or grandparents or teachers or preachers, you know, we have to study ourselves. you know, study to show ourselves to ourself approved. But I think that also that's studying the Bible, but everything pertaining to the Bible like this is important because someone some people are the ones who translated the scripture. Um, the scripture is still preserved. God's not, he's not going to let his word get lost among the translations. But it is important to learn and to study for ourselves Because I, I, you can, everybody could hear that Aaron has put in some time. I mean, he's put in some time of listening and studying and looking at different things pertaining to this topic. Um, and I don't believe that there's many people in in this day and time that do that unless, you know, I know a lot of pastors and different people and leadership will, will do it. But, um, I, I haven't talked to many people that, that do this study on their own. And I think it's just something that gets in our mindset of, well, we just, we've always had this Bible. So this is the Bible we read, but it's good to uh, expand our horizon, open our minds, um, and let, you know, let the Lord lead us in how we study and um, research th these things, because I think the Lord gave us a mind for a reason. Um, he didn't he didn't give us a mind so we could just let other people tell us everything. Um, he gave us our own mind so that we could study things and we could um, figure things out with him on our in our own personal walk. And so I think it's very important. Yeah. And um, I think, too, we have to be careful not to think that everything new is bad. Mm -hmm. um, and and again, I don't think we're always saying that. Like, again, I, I, I love the King James. I, I really do. I really love the King James. I think it's a, an awesome Bible. Um, and I think there's some Bibles we should stay away from. Um, and we'll, I can talk about a few of those next, Tuesday, next Wednesday. But um, all this came, all this conversation actually did come about from yesterday and some of the feedback I received from the possibility of doing the English translation, how we got it, how we got the Bible into English. And then uh, me and Hannah and Tim was talking more about the translation and stuff like that this morning. And, um, and I, I think it's a very healthy conversation to have. And I think it's a very encouraging one too, because again, at the end of the day, um, it, it, we should always want to grow. We should always want to learn. And, um, we should always make sure that the Bible we are using is solid and good. And we're very, we're aware of the translations. Um, 
Uh, I do. I'll make this one statement. We're done talking about translation until next Wednesday, and we'll move on to break and read the first trivia question. I did say this this morning. One of my greatest fears about all the new translations coming out is that as we get more, there seems to be not much accountability in the sense of anybody can just come out the translation, anybody. Now, I do really appreciate how like BibleGateway.com took the passion like – Everybody thinks I'm attacking the passion all the time. I mean, I don't. Have, it's not like I have a vendetta. Like I have no. I'm not trying to get you not to read it or anything. I don't use it. That's. I'd usually try to clarify. I don't use it. I'm not saying Hannah can't use it. If Hannah sits in there and reads the Passion Translation on a morning broadcast, I'm not going to kick her off. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not like that. I don't personally use it. Um, but um, you just have to be careful. You have to be it. careful. But again, like. Joe Smo could just say, I got a new translation of the Bible, and then it's just widely accepted. That's my greatest fear. And I don't want I don't want there to be 3,716 versions of the Bible. Like, am I okay with different translations? Yes. Do I think we become excessive and too much? Yes, as well, too. Um, well, uh, we have to go to break. Maybe we can touch a little bit back on it when we come back. And so, good stuff. Well, we I have know, the whole morning, so. I know a lot of people are, a lot of, Bible translations and stuff is probably one of the top five questions I get asked about the most is which one should we use and what we shouldn't be using. Why do we use that? Why is that one leaving scriptures out? I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm not angry. I don't know what to think. Like it, it is common and I can empathize with you and I'm always just like your best. I'm still learning to, and I still try to do my due diligence to if a new, if a new translation comes out, I try to do my due diligence to figure out where it came from, who did it, why they did it, what was the motive behind that translation, because I don't want new translations just so we can sell more Bibles. And I do feel like sometimes companies and things are like that, they're coming out with their own translation so they can sell sell more money. And I, I don't I don't want to do that either because I think that's merchandising. That's one thing I really appreciated the ESV is I don't feel like that was the case whatsoever because um, it was more of a, I feel like we need to update where we're at and what we've learned. So, I don't know. Um, we'll we'll do our first trivia question today. Wednesday question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. What did Zacchaeus promise to give to the poor in reparation for his sins? What did Zacchaeus promise to give to the poor in reparation for his sins? 270-257-2689. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.
Good morning once again. We are back here after the break on Mornings with Box 2 Radio. Um, It's been a good morning so far, good conversation about Bible translations and um, a little, actually not a little, a big intro um, to what we'll be talking about next Wednesday. So if there's anybody listening that is just a Bible nerd, loves the Bible, we hope that there's lots of you because it's very encouraging. We need to be passionate about the Bible. Um, We need to be uh, we need to study ourselves and show ourselves approved. Um, and so we're excited for next Wednesday. We're just going to kind of go ahead and dedicate that day to talking about translations. Um, we're going to do a little bit of preparation before um, because there is a lot that goes into it. Um, but we're super excited about that. Uh, we did get a, a trivia answer for the first question. Um, so again, that question was, what did Zacchaeus promise to give to the poor in reparation for his sins? And the answer for that was half of his wealth and goods. And Miss Nancy lastly got that question right. So mm-hmm. congratulations, Miss Nancy, and getting your name in for that drawing this week for that $25 Dollar General gift card. Um, we're going to get drawn for that. It'll be the week before shutdown and this week. And we'll get those out to everybody. And I'm um, just excited we'll get that out to the person who wins. And so Miss Nancy's name's in there. Remember, you only get your name in twice every two-week period. And you must call and not text on our trivia questions. Because if me and Hannah both get texts at the same time, or if me, <laughs> Hannah, and three other people's in the studio, and we all get texts, who come in first? We don't know. And so we, it's why we say we have to call is just so we can know who exactly got in first. And yes, I do understand if you are listening on the app, you have a three Slight or four second delay. So, uh, Miss, uh, let's see here. Let me let me do some of my texts here. Uh, Brother Joey says, how does dry skin affect you at work? You don't have any elbow grease to put into it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, and then another listener said, I don't want to cause, create any confusion or disagreements. However, I just would like your thoughts and on scriptures i'm in a women's bible study on spiritual gifts i'm finding different lists and even more confusing how is it that there is a teaching that some spiritual gifts are no longer needed or used i've studied loved and lived this holy scriptures for 65 years and and an amazing truth is i'm still learning yes and amen um now the spiritual gifts there are different lists um so for example i think like First Corinthians 12 talks about some gifts, and then Romans has some list of gifts. And then you'll find out throughout Scripture some gifts. Um, there are a compilation, compliment, compilation, is that how you say that, Hannah? Mm-hmm. Of gifts, and there's, there's many. Like, the Holy Spirit pours out gifts, and are there different kind of gifts? Without a doubt. Again, I, I'm pretty big on um, activating people's gifts, and getting them to do what God's called them to do and getting them in the right place. I want that to happen. Am I good at it always? No, but I do know the Holy Spirit who is good at it. And Amen. so, <laughs> um, and, and so I think there's a big, big broad spectrum of gifts. And I think that's why we have a couple different ones. For example, we think of gifts of the Holy Spirit and immediately we just go to tongues, prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. Um, we go to, uh, what some other ones, healing, miracles, things like that. But if you get into Romans, it starts to talk about administration. It talks about hospitality. It talks about other things. So is the gift of tongues greater than the gift of hospitality? No, I think that I think they're gifts that the God gives people. 
And Paul even talked about one time, you know, I would, I'd rather you prophesy than you speak in tongues because, you know, you could speak tens of thousands of words, but if I don't know what they're saying, you know, kind of deal, mm-hmm. like, um, and how the tongues edifies you and um, prophecy kind of edifies others deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also imagine, imagine the church where there's no gifts of administration or imagine our lives where there's no gift of hospitality or um, you take out too, like Ephesians chapter four, verse 11 with he gave gifts what were the gifts well he gave the gifts of pastors he gave the gifts of evangelism he gives the gifts of teaching he gives the gifts of the apostolic he gives the gifts of the prophetic when people operate in those giftings it's a gift to the church because it's helped build the church mm-hmm. um and so if you have a pastor that is watching over your soul that's preaching the truth that's loving you that's there for you that's god's gift mm-hmm. now i'm not saying it's a hierarchy or that's great but whenever you have a spouse that is complimenting you and fulfilling you. That's God's gift. When you have a family surrounding you, helping you grow, helping you be edified, that's God's gift. You see how a lot of things could be gifts from God and he equips us. I think God gives gifts to to men and women to do incredible things. He gives he gives gifts to like Paul had the gift of writing letters. He was he mm-hmm. he was a great letter writer. Um Go ahead. In First Peter, you know, you're talking about <clears throat> using the gifts. The gifts are for others. Mm-hmm. Um, the gifts are for the church. And, you know, he says in First Peter 4.10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as yep. good stewards of God's varied grace. And I like God's varied grace mm-hmm. because the gifts do vary. It says even with tongues that there's various types. There's different different uh, kinds of tongues. I believe that's in First Corinthians 12. Mm-hmm. Diverse tongues and sure. Uh, yeah, gifts are just important. Um, and Hannah has gifts that I don't have. I have gifts that she don't have. Um, my wife have gifts that I don't have, and I've got gifts she don't have. Hannah's husband, Ethan, has gifts that she don't have, and she's got gifts that he don't have. The thing about gifts is we all don't have to have every gift. We just need to have the gifts that God has ordered and destined for us to have, and we throw all of our gifts together, and it creates one really great body. Mm-hmm. And... And I have noticed that I do believe that um, the Lord will have, depending on, you know, your anointing and what he's needing you for, He you can operate in different gifts that you wouldn't normally operate in mm-hmm. at different times if he gives it and needs you to have that for that specific reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why we see some spiritual gifts might be more strong in our lives and some might be weaker. Yeah. Um, there's actually a few tests that you can take that um, it can kind of like, tell you and of course like you can't judge everything based on a a test that you take but um it kind of just organizes it and tells you which ones are you know based off of that test that you are lower on ones that aren't your top ones and then it shows ones that you might be stronger in so that you can like study those specific things and things like that so yeah now if we push on a little bit farther the second part of the question about why have they say some gifts have ceased and one some have not I wonder which ones they're talking about. Well, most of the time when you talk about that, you're going to be talking about tongues and prophecy, prophecy. and healings and all that. Like it's going to be called it, what what it's called is cessationalism, C E A S, um, cease. So it's ceased. It's cessationalism, not sensationalism. Not, I heard a lot of people say sensationalism. It kind of sounds like it. And I've even done it myself. Um, it's cessationalism or ceased. Um, most of the time they get it from First Corinthians chapter thirteen. And I'm trying to fit, um, and make sure I, I want to read everything for the sake of time. 
Um, we'll go in verse 9. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, that then that which is in part shall be taken away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then the face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I be known, even shall I know even as I am known. New. And um, and so they use that saying, now that the perfect has come, that which is imperfect has ceased. Well, I don't really think that's what that means. Because if we back up in context, you go back to verse 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove, I could remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. That's, man, that's a scripture for everybody. I can move a mountain, but if I don't love, I have nothing. And then he said, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profited me nothing. Or charity. Charity suffered long is in kind. Love envieth not. Love valueth not. Or unveineth not. It is not puffed up. Does not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. It is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not iniquity, iniquity, and but rejoiceth in truth. And so he's talking about all these things. He's talking about love. He's talking about that gift. He's talking about this. And then he says, love never fails, but whether they be prophecies, they shall fail. So he's not saying prophecies are not good. Mm -hmm. He's saying prophecies could fail. Love never does. And, and then they, that they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. So if you're going to tell me prophecy and tongues are both done because Jesus has come and now we have the word, because that's what they mean. It's not that they, the cessationists are not saying that Jesus has come. Now we don't need the gifts. They're saying now we have Canaan. We have the Bible. And because we have the Bible, we don't need the gifts. Well, if you're going to push that prophecy and tongues are no longer needed, then you're also going to push that knowledge is no longer needed because you, people only nitpick two of those three because they say, well, he said tongues are going to cease and prophecies are going to fail and knowledge will vanish away for we know in part and we prophesy in part. All right. So if you're going to tell me prophecy and tongues are going to go the way, you also have to tell me knowledge is going away and we know knowledge isn't. So And wisdom, right? And well, yeah, you would go into all that, but specifically they use this context because he says because of the knowledge tongue of- cease, prophecy fail, vanish, knowledge vanish. But when people pe- preach sensationalism, they never talk about the knowledge. The knowledge. They only yeah. hit the tongues and the prophecy. He is not talking about, but that which is perfect come, that which is in part should be done away with. He is not talking about now that the Bible is here or scripture is done and the canon is closed, now we don't need prophecy in tongues. What he is saying is that, <coughs> excuse me, what he's coming back to, in my opinion, according to the text, is that now that we, now that Jesus has walked in, now we have a better word, now we have truth. All of this stuff that's half-hearted, all that in part, all that stuff we used to know, it should be done away with. Because then, and the reason I think it's a maturity issue, the reason I think we've got to throw away the old things, throw away the old half-hearted things, the things we really didn't know about, the things we questioned about, is he the Messiah, is he not the Messiah, do we really do this? Ignorance. We have word, and it teaches us how to do it. It doesn't mean we negate the gifts, it means we've got to grow up. Aaron, how do you know that? Because the next part, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understand as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away those childish things. When you are a child, you see in part. But when you grow up and you learn, you no longer see in part. And so now we have to put away the part because the perfect has come. What is the perfect? Jesus. 
He has mm-hmm. made us new. He has given us the word so that we should know it. So in my opinion, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 has nothing to do with not prophesying and not speaking in tongues and knowledge ceasing in the church, but has everything to do that now that we have the word, we have no excuse not to do it. Mm-hmm. And so you can move a mountain, but if you have not love, it's really coming back to love and how we love and how we operate. And to me, Paul is laboring to say, we've got all this in front of us. You have no reason to operate in part. But I don't think he's ever telling us to stop speaking in tongues or mm-hmm. prophesying. So that's me. No, and the fact that, you know, prophecy is mentioned, you know, as well as being great and for edifying other people. And that's we are supposed to edify the church. We're, I mean, I just don't see how you can take that out. Yeah, because if that scripture is supposed to tell me to stop doing all of that, I don't know why Paul puts a whole nother chapter, the very next chapter, about speaking in tongues and prophesying. Like, yeah. <laughs> hey guys, you shouldn't do this no more, but I'm going to write you how to do it. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, uh, well, and then what they do is they, well, that was only the apostles in them that did the miracles. Well, he just writes a whole chapter to the church of Corinth in verse chapter 14, telling them about tongues, telling them about prophecy. So it's like, it doesn't make much sense to me if you use 1 Corinthians chapter 13 to say, now that the perfect has come, now you do away with prophecy in tongues. When, like, is he saying that in 13 and then in 14? But yeah, okay. I know I just told you I'll put away, but then I'm going to write a whole chapter on the practicality and why yeah. tongues is good, but prophecy is better. And he said, you know, not all men will speak in tongues, but what they... I would desire, I want you to prophesy. And yeah, and so um, it just makes no sense to me. Paul, I, the thing I love about him is that he was so focused on others. Like he was so serve, service-minded as he was doing his ministry. He had, you know, a he was had zeal. He had passion for souls and, and, and building other people up. And that's what prophecy is. It's It shouldn't just be doom and gloom. It should be building each other up, encouraging words of encouragement, words of um, for speaking into life, into situations from in the voice of God. It's the voice of God speaking life and speaking encouragement into yeah. people. I would, um, I would push a little farther cause, and say um, it encourages, it's the full counsel. Mm-hmm. It's everything pertaining. Like it's being able to interpret, to see, um, to me, the, the gift of prophecy is a big banner. And, um, we, we talked a little bit about this yesterday, talking about words of knowledge and words of gifts. And really to me, the gift of prophecy and prophesying is really revelation. It's, it's God's unraveling things. He's mm-hmm. revealing things to us. Um, let me, I'll, I'll just say like this. Old Testament prophecy is different than new Testament mm-hmm. prophecy. And Old Testament prophecy spoke of the the Messiah. He was coming. It was messianic prophecy. It was the bulk of the prophecies in the Old Testament was messianic prophecy or um, prophets declaring a word of warning to a fallen nation. Now there is still warnings to a fallen nation. Like there's still God's raising up prophets in America to say we must turn from our sin. We must do that. That's Watchmen. Like mm-hmm. that's different. But it's the full council. Mm-hmm. And but even if you're doing that, what Hannah's saying is very right because. Even if God has to give you a warning to a nation, it should always come with edification. And love. It shouldn't be. Without a doubt. Yeah. <clears throat> tearing down. It should never be tearing someone down unless t- you can tear the enemy down, but not people. Yeah. 
because our fight's not against people. Our fight's against spiritual things. Yes. But most most of the times we put a face on our fight um, instead of a spirit behind the fight, and we're warring against the wrong person. And then we wonder why so many people come out church hurt and broken and and not wanting anything to do with the body is because we warred against the people and never war against the spirit. And Paul told us our flesh flesh and blood is not what we're warring against, but against principalities, spiritual things in high places. And so that's what we're ultimately warring against. Um, so uh, good, good question. Thank you so much listener yeah. for bringing that in. Hopefully that like was that helpful. Um, there's a lot more to be said, but it's, it's a really good question. And I really do appreciate you um, sending that in. And that's what we want. We want you guys to engage with us and interact and give us your questions. And we do our best to answer them. We do not claim to be perfect or know everything, but um, again, we do know one who knows everything. And one listener said, uh, I was kind of reading some of these other texts, getting caught up on um, Holy Ghost is the greatest teacher. Yes, he is. Um, I don't want to teach anything without the Holy Ghost. At the end of the day, I can't because I'm not that smart. So I'm just a little country boy from Kentucky and none of us are smart enough. And I love the other listener who said, you know, they've been studying the Bible for, let me see how long they said, um, for 65 years. And an amazing truth is they're still learning. I hope that I can say I've been studying the Bible for 65 years and I'm still learning because I've been yeah. studying for 18 and I realize, man, I don't know nothing. Uh, <laughs> and so um, I, I want to learn every single day. Um, and I know my weak points. I know exactly where I need to learn more at, but I just want to learn. And I think it's a big task. And I think because it's a big task, people hone out a lot. Shy away from yeah. Well, because you always hear, well, you'll never learn everything, but take your time. Just dive into somewhere this today. Sometimes just dive into somewhere in the word. Will you leave today being a scholar? By no means you won't. But everybody's a theologian. Everybody's called to study. Everybody called to study God and who he is. And no better place to learn who God is other than the word. Yeah. And it is very important to pray with the word because sometimes your mindset can affect the way that you're interpreting the word. And we should never um, try to interpret the word on our own separate from the Holy Spirit because we can't. I mean, if we have the Holy Spirit living in us, we got to be submitted and, and let the, the Spirit guide us and teach us. Yeah. Another listener said 25 <laughs> years or so they're studying the Word, and I bet they're learning just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, well, Miss Hannah, do you want to read our second trivia question today yes. sponsored by Hidden Land Survey? And again, you must call, and you can only get your name in two times every two-week period here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio, and this is for a $25 Dollar General gift card. Okay, so Wednesday question number two is, what is the meaning of Eve's name? Again, what is the meaning of Eve's name? You can call in at 270-257-2689. Go ahead and call in and get your answer in there. I think I think y'all could get this one. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings with Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.
All right, we are back here on Mornings with Boxing Radio on this beautiful, beautiful July 12th, 2023 on this Wednesday morning. If you've got nowhere else to go to church tonight, we'd love to have you here at the Bible Study, 6.30 p.m. If you've got a home church, go support there. Go dive in, go serve, go tell your pastor, hey, pastor, I've not been doing much and I want to do something, so give me some jobs to do. Amen? <laughs> and they'll be like, hallelujah! And so uh, it's going to be good stuff. You'll you'll see joy on their face. Amen? <laughs> Uh, Amen. <laughs> and so, good stuff. Good stuff this morning so far. Talked a lot about Bible translations, and we talked about gifts and um, about have the gifts ceased or not. And try, hopefully, we dealt with First Corinthians thirteen appropriately, and maybe help some people see that verse and chapter in a different verse. Now, again, I want to say this: Have gifts been abused? Yes. Have they been misused? Yes. Should we be diligent to make sure the appropriate guardrails up? Yes, because guardrails do not restrict you from moving forward. Guardrails restrict you from falling off the cliff. And there has been times in the body of Christ, because of the gifts of the Spirit and exercising them, we have fallen off the cliff. Well, Aaron, what do you mean? You can go all the way back to the Bible days, and you can see in Corinth where the church at Corinth went crazy. And Paul had to come and fix all of this stuff because he dealt with the abuses of the gifts. He dealt with the abuses of the Lord's Supper. He dealt with sexual morality in the church of Corinth. Corinth went crazy, and he dealt with all of it. So he never restricted them from doing the gifts, and that's actually why he started writing 12, 13, 14, and all that in 1 Corinthians, is because the church had misused the gifts, and he was trying to correct correct their use of the gifts without taking away the gifts. And I think that's very important. So instead of negating or taking away the gifts, let's just correct the use of them and use them to the glory of God instead of the glory of man and allow the Holy Spirit to build his church then. Um, mm-hmm. Amen. I, we are on the radio. We can amen ourselves. Amen, amen. Yeah, and we got to look at the context of what he's saying because, you know, just like we talked about earlier, there's one meaning of what he said, and we mm. can't imply things to Paul, who we we weren't there when he we weren't the ones who wrote it. <laughs> nope. And Paul was a lot smarter than me. Paul was a brilliant man. Most people argued that Paul could have been one of the most intelligent, if not the most intelligent man on the earth at that time. Um, he was just brilliant, and um, there was very few that was smarter or more intelligent than Paul, if any, at that day, especially in the culture that he lived in. Um, the society community that he lived in, he was definitely the leader of intelligence and, um, as we would say in good old country language, smartness. He had his eggs and all in one basket. Um, <laughs> well, we did have an answer to that trivia question. Mm-hmm. Um, that question was, what is the meaning of Eve's name? And that answer was the mother of all living. And Miss Gail Harrington got that. Yeah. So she's in there twice this week. Go, Miss Gale. We sure do love Miss Gale. We love you. And me and her was talking a little bit about translations and things, too, while we was on the phone talking about um, the questions. I'll tell you what. I'm I'm in the studio this week. Miss Mariah's gone. And so I'm in the producing room and hosting at the same time with Hannah. And uh, one of the things I love about when I'm in this room is I get to answer the phone for the questions. And that gives me an opportunity to talk to people I usually don't get to. So I got to talk to Jeremy Paul earlier. I got to talk to Miss Gail. got to talk to Miss Nancy. And so I love talking to you guys when you get to call in. Usually I don't get to. So it's always a blessing and always a joy because at the end of the day, we are one body and we are one family and we are all kindred now because of the blood of the lamb that's Amen. born again. Amen. 
Alrighty, well, let's do this. Um, let's go. We still have some questions from Monday. We're still not done yet. <laughs> we still got a couple of questions rolling here. Um, uh, let's see here. I'm trying to think here. Does Matthew 5.10 imply that there is a special blessing for those who endure persecution? So let's go to Matthew 5.10. And I know what verse they're talking about, but we'll read it word for word. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So is that a special blessing for those who are persecuted? Yeah, I mean, well, there's a... in, in and what I see in Scripture, even in the book of Revelation, there's something special for those who are martyred. And martyrdom is a form of persecution without a hesitation. And so I think there is a special blessing. Now, is that special blessing, special reward, something like that? That, I think, is worth a conversation. But I do know this. I have found throughout history, when you're studying maybe the Fox's Book of Martyrs or you're studying historical context of people, persecution or times of great persecution in the church, the church always grew. If you look at China right now, Nigeria, and some of these, sta- some of these nations that still persecution for the Christians are still very prevalent. Um, we can never forget the persecuted church. So often they're called the forgotten church um, because we're not being persecuted every day like they are. Um, we forget and we stop praying. We don't think about them. We don't lift them up to the Lord. We don't cry out for mercy and grace for them. They're called the forgotten church. And in Nigeria, I forgot what the statistic is, but it's like every so many minutes or so many things like that, it's very, uh, on average, a Christian is being killed. And so it's very serious for nations across the world. But in those nations, the church is growing and thriving. So I think one of the greatest blessings is just what persecution does in you as a believer and you can see the apostles, whenever they were being persecuted, they leapt, they jumped, they shouted, they went down. The, yeah, they, God saw us fit to be able to suffer with Jesus. And so, and to me, there was a blessing in that for them. Now, am I sitting here signing up for it? Like, ooh, ooh, let me be persecuted. Let me be suffering. Not necessarily. But I think when you go through that and you stand up for Jesus and you proclaim him, I think there is a blessing and a joy that comes from that that's unexplainable and different than those who've never endured that. But Yeah, and I mean, we look at the—I'm glad that we brought out that point because, you know, we know that there's going to be reward in heaven because the next verse says, um, for great is your reward in heaven for those who have been persecuted. Um, but I, I love that we brought up the blessing of when we're here because— I think we think about suffering. We think about um, things that aren't pleasant to go through, the trials, the tribulations, um, in a natural way. If we think of it too much in a natural way, we can be like the, you know, the ones, the Pharisees and the disciples um, that kind of thought in the natural way, like in our John study. But I think Jesus wants us to see, even through his life, we can see the blessing that it was. Yes, we see the hardship. Yes, we see the um, the physical, you know, what's hard physically, but we see the spiritual blessing that it was um, and the reward that, that it is. And even, was it Stephen um, who was able to smile or, I mean, he was, I mean, obviously had a supernatural peace and and um like a comfort as mm-hmm. he was being persecuted yeah um he was able to pray for his persecutors yeah yep like jesus yeah um i i, I say this often and I, I really am persuaded of this 
that I don't think Saul really operate. Well, okay. Paul was kind of his name before Paul was his Greek name, I guess you could say before Stephen's death. But I think the transformation of what we would see Saul to Paul happened right after he led the stoning against Stephen and Stephen prayed for him. And I think Stephen's prayer for Saul in the midst of the persecution was the very thing that actually turned him into who we know as Paul. And I think it kind of released all of heaven over him because it was almost immediately after Stephen did that because Paul was the one that headed up the stoning on Stephen or Saul. And then right after that, like Damascus happened. And so I, I really do think it was Stephen who prayed for Saul that really got Saul to become who we know as Paul. And I think it was a release, and it is all because Stephen was able to keep joy and keep perspective and keep focus in the midst of and forgiveness. persecution. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Man, and that just makes me, you know, when we're able to forgive and love even in the midst of, I mean, doing what Jesus said, love our enemies, pray for our enemy, pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. Um, we see that happen. I mean, that's a prime example of that happening. And then look at the blessing and how that that prayer was answered, how his prayers were honored in that mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's that's it's just Acts seven is where you find the stoning of Stephen and his speech he gave that kind of got him stoned. Um, and then in verse eight, chapter eight is where um, you start to really see Paul, Saul becoming Paul. And uh, it's just, I don't know, it's just an incredible thing right there to see that even in the midst of persecution, Stephen was able to do that. And um, I think that's kind of how, I think that's what Jesus was really alluding to in the sense of if he hits you on the right cheek, turn to the left cheek. And basically he's saying, regardless of what's coming at you, you keep moving forward and you don't have Mm -hmm. to be vindictive. You don't have to be vengeful because vengeance is mine, say the Lord. But instead of saying, God, get him, God, get him, he's, yeah, get him, God, Stephen prayed for him. And to me, that's love. To me, that's grace. To me, that's mercy. And to me, that's who Jesus really was when he walked the earth. And that's what he was doing because the first time he came as a lamb. Now, is the second time he coming a lion? Yes. But he's given this this time to get right and mm-hmm. to be right and to be made right. And do you want to mess with Jesus when he comes back? You don't want to be on the wrong side. Um, and yeah. you want to be on the right side, but his, his, who he is was demonstrated through Stephen. And so I think when you saw Stephen there in Acts chapter seven, in the midst of his stoning, you really saw Jesus through Stephen. Yes. And I think exactly. that's a beautiful picture. Yeah. And I don't know that just thinking about that brings up the, like the conversation of, I've, I've heard so many negative comments about how like, well, I'm not Jesus you know, I can never, you know, that was Jesus. We can never be like him. You know, I mean, have you heard comments like that? Like, well, all come short, fall short of the glory. And, you know, like, you know, we're just never going to be this. We're all, we're going to struggle. That's just part of it, which I'm not saying that things don't happen, but I think that Stephen is a prime example of what happens when we die to ourselves, and we really can see Jesus in people not not lifting the person up it's actually lift, it's actually putting yourself to death if if you're becoming and looking like Jesus and and in that moment even you're we weren't seeing Stephen really i mean we're saying his name Stephen because it's not Jesus but we're seeing Jesus through through him and we can do the same thing it's not like people in the bible 
we can't lift them up on a pedestal either and think, well, that was just them. That was just, they did that because we can still do that. Mm -hmm. We have the same Holy Ghost in us that they had in them. And I think what you saw in Stephen was Jesus' character being manifested because in Acts chapter 8, again, we talk about this a lot. We're predestined what? To be conformed to the image of the Son. Or how are we being conformed to the image of the Son is holiness. And holiness is not the list of rules of what you do and don't. It's holiness is Jesus. Jesus is perfect holiness. And if we're ever going to walk in perfect holiness, it's because we walk like Jesus. We think like Jesus. We respond like Jesus. We talked like Jesus. We loved like Jesus. We had grace like Jesus. We um, discerned like Jesus. We, you know, all of these things, it's all about Jesus. Yeah. And so you may never look at something on the internet, but that doesn't make you holy. No. Like that just makes you morally good yep. or making you preach, you know, Come on. but Come on. to be holy is to be like Jesus and to be conformed to the to image of the son. To be one with him. Yes. Because we see Jesus was one with the father. He went off and he prayed. He um, looked to the father as he, as people were persecuting him and killing him. Mm-hmm. And that's what, like, I just love it. I love the story of Stephen. Yeah. I mean, we see him literally being conformed into the image. Like yep. it's what God did in his heart and. It's amazing. I agree with you. It's an amazing story. And um and so it's just I don't know. That's it it in I'm with you, Hannah. It kind of inspires you to say, Well, Stephen could operate like Jesus in the midst of that moment, so why can't we do it? And all this comes back to the question of persecution and do you have a blessing? Well, I think the blessing is um it really shows us who we are. Like you can't fake it. Like if somebody's if you're being persecuted and somebody has you know, you say announce Jesus, um, denounce Jesus or die. That really starts to determine where you're at with the Lord. Like, you know, um, and I'm not saying that if you fail at that moment, there's no hope you're going because well, Peter, Peter, Peter kind of messed up a little bit. Yeah. I understand human emotion. Gets, I understand fear. All that could get in you. Um, when I was in Africa, there was, there was at least one or two um, attempts on our life. So I understand what kind of what it is to have the hit put out on you to, to be to be persecuted to an extent. And that's not to say bragging things. I was terrified. I was eight. I was 20, 21 years old. I went into places of intercession. I didn't even know existed. I learned to pray. <laughs> um, we were stuck at the border hey, of the hey, Congo. That was a blessing though. I mean, because but, I mean, would that, you say that yeah. kind of changed the way that you prayed. Too? Oh my goodness. That really did change the way I prayed. I never know you could go that deep in intercession. <laughs> um, and so, you know, but it did, it did change me. And, um, you know, and I, I think that, I think the apostles even found that out. Like whenever they was arrested or they were beat, like literally, like literally they got beat and they, <laughs> Hannah's Bible's reading to her in there. Um, but when they got beat, they walked down the street, basically rejoicing. Like he, he found fit for us to, to fellowship in his sufferings with him. Like, yes, like we were able to suffer for our Lord Jesus Christ and the message of the gospel to go forth. Like they didn't sit there like, this is the danger of the prosperity gospel is that it takes away everything that could happen possibly bad. But it's sometimes the bad things that God uses to develop us and to, and to really mold us and to shape us. It's the gold refined by the fire. If the olives never crush, the oil never comes out. Like, yeah, these are things that's true. Nobody's signing up for it. Nobody wants to suffer. Nobody wants to be persecuted. 
But I do think that um, I preached a sermon like five or six months ago. At this point, I don't know how long ago. But don't waste this. Wait, don't waste the pain. Like, don't waste it. Like, you've walked through pain. You've walked through trauma. And instead of letting that define you, let it develop you. Like, don't let it yeah. define who you are. Let it develop who you'll become, and let it fuel you to grow, to be stretched. And the Lord will allow things to come at us and on us, so that we shall be re- made. Um, better, more refined, um, gold refined by the fire. We the oil's being crushed out. We're being developed. We're being matured. We're being prepared as the bride of Christ. And um, you know, it, it. When I look at the early church, I look at a church that was willing to walk through something, and celebrate and trust Jesus in all things. Yeah, you know, as we're talking about this, I just think about how. Like the Lord knows, I mean, just like he saw Gideon for who he was, who he was going to transform into. He knows all things and he knows who he can count on when, at the time that he's raising them up and preparing them to be maybe a martyr, maybe a someone going in danger situations and evangelizing or whatever the, it may be. Um, and I just, you know, I think the Lord he does he knows who he can count on he knows who he needs for those types of serving and he knows who he doesn't need for those types of serving but the one thing that it boils down to is I know that none of us would want to just sign up like all right like you're gonna die on this day in this place for the Lord like I don't think that many people would want to sign up to literally to die like to know when they're gonna die but I mean, technically, when we are sold out for Jesus and we give our life, we lay our life down and and give it to him forever. I mean, we are signing up for whatever he has for us because he knows which ones of us he would he would need in that situation because we aren't we aren't all created for the same tasks Mm -hmm. and purposes. But it just had me thinking about really dying to ourselves because and being sold out for him. Yep. And saying, Lord, I will follow you wherever you, whatever you lead me in, I'll say yes. Yeah. And um, I don't, I mean, we we talk about, oh, I would die for him. I would do this. I would do that. But I heard one preacher say this, and it cut me quick. He said, everybody's always running around saying, I'll die for him. And we don't even live for him. So how can we say we would die for him if we're not even living for him? Yeah. And um, true. I said, ouch. Oh my, uh, oh me or oh my or hallelujah or whatever they say. Yeah. It was whatever it is. Um, and God looks upon the heart because our words, you know, you can't, you have to walk the talk. <laughs> like, uh, that's what Megan Forner liked to say is walk, you have to walk the talk because really what our words say alone don't hold the weight. God knows. God can see through our words. Sure. He sees our heart. He knows what we truly would do and what we wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, it's important not to get too caught up in what people say and not to get too invested in what, you know, what each other says more, more in praying and discerning and praying for that person. Because a lot of times people will say things that they don't mean. Sure. All right. Well, I think we're going to take another break, play a song, um, and we'll come back here and finish out this morning strong. Um, got a couple more things we're going to discuss about, but it's been a really good morning. I really enjoyed the conversation. Um, Jacob Swift was not able to be with us, or Jamie. They're usually in here in the studios with us on Wednesday. Um, Jacob won't be back next week. I think Jamie will be, next, be back next week, won't she? And so she's on vacation, and I don't know what Jacob's doing. Um, <laughs> he's probably working or something like that. A little 
joker. He told me the other day that he was, he said, he told me that he wasn't going to come to prayer because he was going to do some work and stuff like that. He went to wrestling. I said, now, Jacob. He said, well, I did work before. I said, Jacob. <laughs> I'm calling him out on the radio for that. Hope he's listening. I hope he heard that. Um, and so he said, well, he, he, it was funny. It was a funny conversation. He said, you Facebook stalking me? I said, when you don't come to prayer, I'll Facebook stalk you. All right, I don't care. Get to prayer. Yeah, heather it. No, I'm just kidding. You're heathen. <laughs> and so, but no, it is good. It's it's always fun. I love Jacob. And so we always appreciate Jacob and Jamie being on there. They do a great job too. And um, Roger still try to fire me with saying <laughs> Jamie and Hannah's more incapable of hosting the broadcast in the morning. So I almost lost my job when I went on vacation. Um, no, but, true. Don't don't listen to Roger. <laughs> See that thing I was talking about, the words, seeing through the words. <laughs> well, Roger's on the outside. So, you know, but we just love, we good love old you, Roger. Roger. Uh, so we're going to take a break here. Come back here after the break with more of Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.
Well, we're back here on this beautiful morning here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. What a day the Lord has made. What a glorious day it is to be alive in the kingdom of God. This is a day that he will take the impossible and make it possible every single time. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, whatever trial, whatever temptation, whatever situation, he is more than enough. He's always been more than enough. He's always is more than enough, and he's always going to be more than enough. I serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who will still dry up the Red Sea, drive out the cancer, change the diabetes, and totally change you forevermore. Amen. Well, um, Hannah, for for one second, uh, not one second, for as much as you want, um, remind everybody that you have live prayer on Wednesdays and talk about how they can get their prayer request in and all that good stuff pertaining to that. Okay. Um, so on Wednesdays, we have a live prayer program starting at 9 30 um and it's wednesday warriors is what we've named it um and so basically you can call in um today though we i'm not sure who will be here answering the phone so you can text me um normally you can call in at 270-257-2689 but you can text me at 270-589-7933 and that'll go straight to my phone um, and text me any prayer requests and of course um, if you don't want you know if you want it to remain anonymous then a lot of people do that or if you don't mind um, then I will share names and uh, that sort of thing but um, I we love to have prayer requests come in um, because it's just encouraging and we want to encourage people who are listening um, to the broadcast at that time. Um, but we also appreciate your prayers with us. So um, another way that you can um, submit your prayer request is on the box Two app, the new app. We have a prayer wall um, and we really want to get some more interaction on the prayer wall. Um, I know this app is new, so it's going to take a little while for everyone to kind of get familiar with it, get it on their phone um, and get active on it. But we would love for those of you who um, are able to tune in at 930 um, for you to start submitting your prayer request on the prayer wall because it's a great tool that we have. Um, not only can you submit them, but you can also commit to praying. Um, and you know, it's, we know that there's more praying for these than what is showing, but it is encouraging. Um, if you're able to, you know, click that you're committing to praying because it shows how many people are, have committed to pray on, on the app. And so, um, it's just a great tool that we have. And I do check, um, me, usually me and Miss Mary Hayes, um, Jamie, um, excellent will be on with us sometimes as well, but they are on vacation this week. Um, so we will miss them, but, um, we check the, the app and we check our text messages as you, um, text in, as you're listening to the broadcast. And then throughout the week, if you ever have anything that you want us to, um, to pray about, you can always call in at 270-257-2689 and just, if you don't have anyone else to pray with, or maybe you just, you love the broadcast, you love uh, Wednesday Warriors, and you just want us to, you know, keep you in prayer for the week, because we have many other prayer times. We have prayer on Tuesdays, um, and we're always um, wanting prayer requests, because we're, we are meant to bear each other's burdens, weep with each other, rejoice with each other, and that's what we are commanded to do in the body of Christ, so that's what we want to do, and we believe in the power of prayer. We we have seen so much, um, so many prayers answered recently, and we thank God for that. We don't want to ever take it lightly, um, his presence and his um, love and his grace um, and mercy. 
because he has answered so many prayers. I mean, I could sit here and name so many. I don't have time to name the amount of prayers that he's answered, but prayer works. Um, and if you believe in prayer or you're desperate and you just need something from the Lord, um, reach out, um, submit your prayers on the app, text me at 270-589-7933, um, or you can call in, um, at 270-257-2689. Yes. And if you ever want to call on the station and say, hey, I want prayer, but I really don't want it to be read on the inter- over the air or anything like that, like we, we honor all of that. So every time you call in, just say, hey, I want you all to pray for this, but I don't really want to, because I do understand there's some things we pray for that's kind of on the confidential side. There's situations that are being prayed for that can't be released out or things like that. So we always want to honor that too. And, and I just like to give that little uh, preface to say, like, you know, don't feel like just because you call in, well, they're going to read everything and they're going to pray. You just tell us, hey, this don't, can you just say this or whatever? And here's this. Mm-hmm. We have that a lot. I mean, people do that kind of stuff like that. So we, we honor that as well. We just want to hear, be here to, like Hannah said, pray with you. Um, Hannah and Miss Mary usually do the Wednesday Warriors and they have prayer and stuff other, the, other days of the week. And we meet together every Saturday night and pray. If anybody ever wants to come to the sanctuary and pray within Saturday nights, we pray at 7 o'clock p.m. Um, we call on our intercession nights and we have people from other churches that come and join us and it's not a Bethel inclusive it's um, I mean it's not a Bethel exclusive prayer meeting nothing is nothing I don't think that any church should be an exclusive thing it's only this people that can come here no it's the body of Christ is open to all whomsoever will and so um, if you ever want to come out and join us for prayer on Saturday nights we would love that or Tuesday mornings at 10 or we have a prayer vigil on Wednesday and Saturday where we pray all day long somebody's in the sanctuary praying throughout the course of those days if you ever want to be a part of the prayer vigil that we have here going on um, contact the station and Miss Gretchen will get in touch with you on that and so it's just we love to pray we think prayer is the tool prayer is the avenue that we will truly shape the earth and change the world and um, Jesus will change people's life through and we can move the mountain. I don't want to be somebody that moves the mountain without love, but I also want to be a people who is moving mountains with love and we move yeah. mountains by faith and prayer. So, um, join us in prayer and let us pray with you again. That starts on, um, Wednesdays at nine thirty to 10, you get your prayer request in and they'll be happy to pray with you on those days. And then of course we'll pray throughout the week. We have what we call our wall of flame sheets on the altar in the sanctuary and mm-hmm. um, they stay there on the altar and people will come in and pray for those and lay hands on those. I try to go in there and lay hands on them and I may not read every one of them individually all the time. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I sit in the altar and just kind of pray through all of them, read through them. Um, and sometimes I just kind of lay my hands on them, but it's still connecting with you in faith and prayer. And then maybe you just, maybe you have something going on. Maybe you have a child that's errant or rebellion. Maybe you have some tests you're waiting on. We would also love to send you prayer cloths. Prayer cloths are not weird. They're not crazy. They're biblical. And um, you can find that in Acts. talks about prayer. Um, you know, the the, hank- the handkerchiefs or the aprons that Paul was sending out and touching and, and coming into agreement. There's nothing significant about the cloth. What it is, it's a point of contact. And we believe that's a significant thing is that it's a point of contact between believers because I may not be able to be there with you. And sometimes to me, a prayer cloth is not just a point of contact. It's almost like a rem- memorial stone. So mm-hmm. if you're going in for a big test and you have that prayer cloth in your pocket and you start to get nervous, you can kind of put your hand in that pocket and it's just kind of a reminder, okay, we pray for this. We believe God. There's yeah. been a coming together. And I have that. The first thing the Lord really had the people of Israel do when they left Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, is what did they do? They really made memorial stones. They set up stones so they could remember. Yeah. And that prayer cloth for me at times has been remembrance. Like, mm-hmm. okay, we prayed. We sought the Lord. We've declared this. We're going to stand in faith. 
even if I'm not feeling it right now, even if I'm fearful, even if I'm discouraged, I'm willing to just grab a hold of what we've already prayed and believed over. So, yeah, amen. All righty. Again, call in, get your name. No, let me get your name in for drawing. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Uh, it's well, not your about, name in for prayer. I mean, I do like to pray specifically, and, you know, I love to have names, but we we understand that not everything can be shared, or not everything can be yeah. released. So if it needs to be anonymous or even just a general prayer, God knows the prayer. Yeah. Um, Specifics is better. Um, we, could, we could pray specifically for something, but we have encountered situations where um, – even legality sake sometimes like maybe mm-hmm. somebody's in the middle of a trial or in the court case and something like that and they we can't really release information or anything to that regard and sometimes we don't even have the information sometimes we don't get it because mm-hmm. it's just like hey i can't really share this this is what's go- i've done that in my life because um you know even when we was walking through adoption and all this kind of stuff there were certain things i was bound by by law i couldn't talk about now yeah. some of those i can talk about now that they're fully adopted in their mind but some of it I couldn't, so I had to say pray for this in a general sense because I couldn't break the rules and the laws or whatever. Yeah. And so we understand all that, um, but we just want to make ever sure that everybody knows we're here to pray with you and that we love praying with you. And we're a body, we're a family, and it's good stuff. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's see here. One last question for the morning, to, and we're caught up from the questions from the other day, and then we can keep moving forward. Uh, what does the phrase, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me, mean? So, of course, that's from Psalm 23. And thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What does that mean? Um, Hannah, I'm going to go eat breakfast. You have fun. <laughs> no. Uh, breakfast does sound really good right now. Um, and so, the Lord is my strength. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside still water. I'm reading from the ESV. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. All right, so the reason I read all that to get to there is I think we have to see the context of what he's talking about in Psalm 23. He's saying in verse 4, because it's a shift of thought in the, in the psalm, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It's all a continuation of why we fear no evil. First of all, we know he's with us. And if he's with us and he's our shepherd from verse 1, whatever comes against us, his rod and his staff is there to protect me, to keep me moving forward. Um, We talked about the shepherd's hook, how it will bring the sheep in. But it also protected the sheep because if something came and ran against them, they would take the staff, they would take the rod, and they would beat whatever's coming at their sheep. <laughs> and I feel like that's my that's my comfort, is that I know that anything that comes against me, the Lord has a really good shepherd's staff and a very good rod. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing that can come against me that he won't take care of, because greater is he that's in me than he is in the world. He never leave me, he never forsake me. And so I believe his rod of protection and his staff and guidance and all these things, it's all incorporated into one, but... I know he's guiding me. I know he's protecting me. I know he's going to fight for me, but I also know he's going to pull me back in if I get astray. That's my comfort is that he is with me. He's fighting for me and not against me. He's never going to forsake me. He's never going to leave me. If a lion or a bear comes at me, he will protect me. If I get really far off, he'll pull me back in. So I would say at the end of the hand, at the end of the day, the reason we fear no evil is his hand is for us and his hand is fighting for us and his he's surrounding us and he's protecting us, guiding us, nurturing us 
and all of those good things incorporated into one. And to me, that's what the staff and the rod means. Um, Joey says the staff, let me see here. My thing jumped out. Make sure I read it right. The staff pulls back and the rod beats the evil. And so I like it. Miss Hannah, you got anything? No, I was trying to look at the like rod and staff. Like, is there a difference? I think, um, oh man, I'm not a shepherd. Um, <laughs> and I'm not even, I was sheep. just wondering. Yeah, I know. Um, is that's a good question. And I tried to find, I'm trying to, um, look for the, like the Hebrew, but it's a little bit, it's going to take me a second on my app I have here. I mm. like Bible hub, but it's not as fast sometimes. As I don't it. think there's, I think they're both classified as the same the thing, same thing. but I think the function and the classification of the function is labeled differently. Different. So I, th- am, I, I think, and I'm, I'm saying I think because I, I'm just, I'm putting all of this together. I'm, I'm almost certain I'm on the right track, but I could be off. Um, Joey says there, yes, there is a difference. So maybe I'm wrong then. Uh, Let's test that, Joey. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> what are your sources, Joey? <laughs> the staff is the shepherd's hook. So, see, I'm not a shepherd. I've never done sheep. We need, we need, we need to interview a shepherd. Can a shepherd call in? Um, <laughs> I don't, the rod is a short club. The, the staff is a hook. Yep, I get it. I just Googled it. Joey's correct. Congratulations, <laughs> Joey. I knew it was going to happen one of these days. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, the staff is to gather the sheep back in, and then the, the rod would be for protection. Yep. Uh, so the rod, relatively short, heavy club-like device. Staff, longer and thinner with the hook. So a staff is the shepherd's hook. A rod is basically a uh, club that a police officer carried. Um, you know, kind of like it's a short thing. I guess that would be like spanking a child. Spare the rod, spoil the child. Maybe it is. Uh, Joey says, this was in my study when preaching Psalm 23. Um, I should know this. I mean, I preach through Psalm 23 a lot, and I guess I never studied into the difference between the rod and the staff. Um, I just knew the functions. Yeah. So, Joey's... You know the meaning, but then when you think about it, it's like, yeah. oh, the rod is mentioned other times. I've rod. never thought about it, but it, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm so happy for Joey. <laughs> I'm so happy for him. <laughs> Um, y'all think I'm, I'm just picking Should on. Should he get an extra entry into the trivia? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> he gets an extra entry. No, nope, the... he texted in. He can't. <laughs> yep. Sorry, Joe. If you would have called in, Joey, I would have gave you an extra entry into the just for doing that. Is spontaneous uh, Q and A. But um, now they're on vacation. I'm sure having a good time. Um, I'll say this. I don't care. Miss Megan sent me a picture of him in front of the mirror the other day, um, and it was funny. <laughs> Uh, we are on a little group chat, me, Joey and Megan and Joey's getting ready. I I think they went to Kings Island or something like that. And I guess he had to primp and get ready for a little while. And, um, now Heather says that I'll get ready just as much as Joey. So I can't make fun of anybody, but, um, you know what I found out? This is going to sound crazy. I have face wash for like the first time since I was a teenager. I don't even think about having face wash. I just always use soap. Um, but I, when I was on vacation, I was like, I found this face wash. And I'm thinking, all right, I got a lot of pimples for 36 years old. So maybe I'm just oily or nasty or something. So I bought some face wash and I find it to be pretty refreshing. Uh, it's different than soap. Um, and so I'm, I've been doing face wash. So, And then I even did this. 
I have I looked in the mirror one day and I realized I have a lot of wrinkles for 36. So I have half of my hair is gray hair at 36, and my eyes look like the eyes of at least an 80 year old. <laughs> and so there's this thing called this is no joke. I learned this. There's a thing called eye repair lotion. Mm-hmm. And I've been using that. Is it Mary Kay? <laughs> no, Heather gave it to me. Uh, I wanted the men stuff. And she wouldn't buy me the man stuff, so I used the I used whatever stuff she got for free. I mean, I guess it would work on both. Yeah. But I don't feel my eyes lifting at all. Um, <laughs> and so here's the deal: I was just like, I think it ju- it like gets rid of the dark circles. Well, you know, I'm and not wrinkles. I'm not worried about looking great or vain or anything like that. As you can tell, I'm not really that put together. Like I come in here in gym shorts and a t-shirt most days. So I'm not like worried about that, but I am getting tired of looking like I'm 47 years older than I really am. And so, I mean, it's just like, I don't know, like, what do I got to do here? I got... I think the diet change, the water, the extra hydration, I think that's going to help. Yeah. You'll start I'm, seeing results. Soon. I drank a Coke this morning, so... I, I was thinking this morning that your hair looked less gray, but I don't know if your hair can go back from being gray. I'm And I... And I told Heather, at this point, you can't even dye your hair because everybody knows you have gray hair. And then it's going to look really weird on you because, you know, you're dyeing your hair and you just don't want gray. Well, no, I don't want gray. I'm 36. I don't need wrinkles and gray hair yet. Um, And so I'm trying to fix this. And uh, so, but I love the picture that Joe, I got sent. Joey said he's going to breakfast buffet. He's going to a breakfast buffet right now. He's just going to tell me that. Right after you said you wanted some breakfast. (laughs) He's getting you back for exposing his, uh, his... His, his primping his mirror <laughs> well let's talk about looking in the mirror and not walking away <laughs> it's a very biblical concept and so now i will say this um i will say that i have never or ever will wear makeup i mean like i know preachers who put on makeup before they go on camera on sunday mornings and i'm just like no thank you all right, no way I'm doing. That's why I do radio. I don't have to worry about what I look like. I don't care if my hair's messed up. I don't care if I have t-shirts and jeans. I mean, I got the face for radio. Um, I got the gray <laughs> hair for it, and it's and so I don't. I just don't understand. Like we talk. I was listening to. Have you ever listen? Have you ever watched the behind the scenes of churches? Some of these bigger churches. Mm-mm. They have like videos and stuff like takes you behind the scenes and. I watched them because I wanted to see their their sound setup and their mm-hmm. audio and all that. So that's why I was really watching it. But it would like walk in sometimes to a dressing room where a pastor's getting makeup put on or something like that. And I'm like, bro, I, everything about I thought of you just changed right there. Yeah. Um, and so you know, it's just like I'll never do that. So no. did I do the the lotion? Yeah, because my face is really dry because I didn't wear sunscreen for 27 years of my life, and so it's my skin is. <laughs> And um, and my I'm trying not to look 47 years older than I really am, but at the same time too, I'm I mean if if I ever if anybody I don't know I'm not gonna go there, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna offend somebody at that point. But well, at least they're not wearing mascara because <laughs> one thing I know is when the spirit moves, I'm most likely gonna be crying. So I just try to avoid makeup because the every time I wear it, it's got the black running down my face. But I think uh, Brother Wayne Clemens used to call it war war paint <laughs> war paint in this when you're praying in the spirit. I've so been like praying. That. I've been praying sometimes, and somebody lifts up their head and mascara's all down their face, and you jump back a little bit. Like whoa, okay. <laughs> What just happened? All right. <laughs> and so I, I can testify. Well, stay away from me on Sundays. 
<laughs> prayer meetings are no that's good that on our prayer meetings the lights are turned down yeah, so it's yeah. not as noticeable. i can't see all your mascara <laughs> uh, but no it's good stuff but i'm just picking on joey it, it's good but we are um just a few minutes left this morning don't forget wednesdays again we want to make sure we're getting this word out because i feel like we haven't done a good job about getting it out so i'm trying to be more diligent 9 30 to 10 every wednesday live prayer going out on the radio you can get your prayer request in one more time, Hannah, give them information, the best ways to get the prayer request to you guys. Okay. So, again, the church app that we have, um, we have the prayer wall. And even if, you know, even if you just need to use the, the prayer wall is good to use at any time. Uh, but this is a really good way for us to use it on Wednesday Warriors, the 930 to 10 prayer time, because it's just very easy to access. As soon as you post it, we can see it on our phone. Um, so it's just a quick way to submit the prayer request. Maybe you're busy. Maybe um, you don't have time to call in or anything like that. Um, it's just a very easy and efficient way for you to get your prayer request in. In, and then you can you can type what you want to be said um, and you can even put a note in there we'll um, keep this anonymous or you know just say this and I've had a lot of people text me and say um, make sure to say this and so um, we try to be careful with that but the prayer wall all you have to do is just get to the box to our new app the tithely app um, it it is a picture of people holding hands, and it's the prayer wall icon. You click on that, and you can just submit. All you have to do is put add, um, and then you can submit your prayer request. And then the other way most people will do is texting in. So um, today, I will be the one, the only one here in in here on the Wednesday Warriors today. So you can text me at 270-589-7933. 270-589-7933. And today that's probably going to be the best way to interact. But um, on a normal day when we're all in here, um, you can also call 270-257-2689. And you can call at any time and we will write down the prayer request if maybe you're not able to make it during that time. And we will get it the next week. I have um, many written down in my notebook that, you know, our previous prayer requests that, you know, haven't been answered yet. And also we're, we're here for praise reports. So we, we would love to hear of prayers that have been answered because a lot of times, you know, people will submit prayer requests and we'll never know whether they got answered or not. I mean, we believe that God's going to answer them, but we don't know if they're already been answered or um, what the the status of that situation is. So it's always encouraging for you to um, interact with us and and give us some praise reports. Give us um, some, you know, prayers that have been answered so we can glorify God with you and rejoice with you because it's just as important to rejoice with each other as it is to weep and to pray with one another uh, because we should be grateful for what God's doing and, and we are. Um, so we would love to just rejoice with you, be joyful, be happy with you um, or pray for you. And so again, you can text me at 270-589-7933 or you could submit it on the prayer wall on the Box 2 Radio app, um, the Tidely, the new app that we have here on Box 2 Radio. Amen. And so we are on the way out for this morning, just a minute or two left. Remember tonight, if you have a home church, make sure you go to the midweek Bible study. It's a big deal for your spiritual health and learning the Word and getting involved with the body um, Sunday morning is the only morning, not the only morning you have to go to church. You can go to the midweek too. Most, a lot of churches have Wednesday nights. Some, uh, Madger down the road, 
Billy and Josh, they have Thursday nights. Um, and so there's a lot of things that you can do um, throughout the week. And um, we want you to engage with your church, get in there, tell your pastor, hey, I want to serve. What can I do? Um, also, if you have nowhere to go, though, if you don't have a home church or maybe your church doesn't have a midweek Bible study, we invite you out to Bethel Fellowship. If you've got a teenager age, um, of course, they can come out about five o'clock, I think, is when they open it up. And there is um, food I think around six, and then they get into the word and testimony, not testimony, word and teaching and fellowship and all that from there. And then, um, of course, we've got the main Bible, the main sanctuary. It's 630. Worship begins, and we have about a teaching, preaching, something like that on Wednesday nights, and it's usually a great time in the word. So just want to encourage you to come out and be <clears throat> um, be a part of what God's doing. And we love you guys so much. We're praying for you. Again, 930 today, tune in for prayer. If you got anything, get those information, get those prayer requests out there. Until then, we love you guys. Be blessed. Um, we'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time, here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.